Welcome to the True Blue LA podcast, Eric Steven, Jacob Birch. We're go- we we're, we're keep on going. <laughs> uh, the yeah, the 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 people have demanded we podcast every two or three days. Well, I was yeah, I was uh, yeah. De- debating. You know, like well, if the Dodgers lose, how long do yeah. we take a month off after yeah. what a stressful series? What a stressful game! You just. I just wanted to lay down after <laughs> after the five games against the Giants. That was an intense series. I'll not, I'd say the entire series was only about twenty five percent as intense as Max Scherzer. But that, at a normal scale, <laughs> is is as intense as normal people can handle. So that was that was something. We'll go over Game Five. We'll look at it at a kind of a higher level. We'll look at NLCS questions from Greg. All of that after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's. I wonder how, like, how often a game that's that anticipated actually delivers in intensity and in close closeness. It seems like a lot of times it's just the dud. And I was rooting for a Dodgers win dud. Wouldn't that? <laughs> well, in like, retrospect, just... now you're like, oh, I'm so glad it was so close. And ooh, I'm sure we'll get to the check swing bummer that it did like that. Yeah. Uh, 
but outside of that, just a very enjoyable game to look back on. But in the moment, you just I just want 10 runs in the first from a, cruise. From a selfish standpoint, um, like it, trying to recap a game, like same thing. I want I want something, oh, well, I'm clearly writing about this today. And then, mm-hmm. like, rather than, uh, 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 like, what, what are we, what am I writing about? Like, you know, it was just like, uh, just, you're just, like, clenching your butt the, the whole time. And, uh, it's just insane. Um, there was a lot of stuff, man. Like, the whole series was weird. Like, um, it was intense, like in a weird way, though, because it, it sort of, we talked about this in the previous two podcasts. Um, the Dodgers were shut out in game one and three. Uh, they sort of pulled away in wins in games two and four, where they found their offense. And then game five was just completely had to fight tooth and nail to score anything, uh, score or, you know, scoreless till the sixth. Uh, ended up being a two to one game just like it seemed like everything every fraction of an inch every fraction of a run it seemed to matter and so that's why we were sort of breaking down um the the granularity of like why did the dodgers go with an opener and they technically went with two openers Mm -hmm. uh instead of starting julio urias who was on regular rest uh, but they go Knebel, Gratterall in the first two innings. Uh, Knebel gave up a couple rockets. One was a double. One was out and out. Um, but got, was scoreless. Gratterall broke two bats and got like two sort of flare hits. Um, but was still like throwing like 103, which is just ridiculous. He also pitched a scoreless inning. So then they turned to Julio Urias, who was you know he was very good. Like uh, one run in four innings. Then they pull him after four. And you're like that. They did all that just to get through six. And like, I would have thought they would have went like another inning with Urias. But I also sort of get it. It's it's game. It's the last game of the series, and they shortened the sort of bullpen. And then we talked too about maybe Jansen Kenley Jansen would be like the multi inning guy on this one because he's the most rested. Mm-hmm. And they went with Trinan in the seventh. So and they didn't double switch. So you knew like he's he's only pitching one. Um, Jansen comes in, uh, maybe if his spot doesn't come up in the ninth, they don't have to pinch hit for him because they didn't double switch him either. Um, but also like, yeah, it was, uh, then, you know, Max Scherzer, a a starter who you might know, uh, was (laughs) sort of talked his way into being the guy available in the bullpen. So he gets the ninth, which is just insane in its own way. Um, and, uh, was super intense. He struck out two in the inning. So I would say where the Dodgers probably got the advantage is forcing the giants to like, sort of make their moves early. It's not like, it's not as simple as, Oh boy, the Dodgers are starting a right-hander. We better put nine left-handers in our lineup. It's not like that. They did put two extra left-handed bats in the lineup, Tommy LaStella and uh, Mike Yastrzemski. Uh, they ended up getting pinch hit for relatively odorous, so they're out of the game. It, it removes an option for later. Uh, they brought in right-handers for when Urias was brought in. So in the ninth inning, the Dodger, the Giants had two left-handed bats left. Um, so uh, Lamont Wade, who was like their late-inning hero like all year, he struck out against Scherzer. 
Uh, and then uh, I think that, that was the second out. And then Steven Duggar was the other left-handed bat. They didn't use him to pinch hit for Wilmer Flores, which you know kind of makes sense. Duggar is not like the best hitter anyway. He's more of a defensive guy. So I think it got down to the point where, like, you know, I, for the most part, the Dodgers got what they wanted, I think, out of all that. Now, Flores uh, struck out uh, for the final out, and it was it was a bad call. It was a check swing. Called a check, uh, called a swing by the first base umpire. Uh, it, it looked, you know, relatively clearly that he didn't swing, I yep. thought. Um the of course the parallel people like to bring up was Darren Ruff on July 22nd at Dodger Stadium, but you know obviously a little bit of different stakes now. You, the, the Giants did win the division by a game, and that's a swing game. So it's you know had the Dodgers won that game, they win the division. It's not that simple, right? And it's not even that simple to to like. Uh, have like one single play define a series or a season or a game it's a super bummer that it was a bad call and the way to end it but i just like wanted to point out like even in the darren ruff game if you go back uh i believe it was a three two pitch that was called um ball four rather than a swing which he swung but um I believe earlier in the in the at bat he also should have the, walked. Yeah, a, the three. A I think the three zero ball. Yeah, so like you know, if you're gonna go granular like that, you got to go the full bore. And that was also the game where Sheldon Noisy didn't stretch at second base. So like, just a weird game all around. And the, but even, a lot of Giants was, fans are pointing out that the Eddings zone generally generally a big zone, and that the yeah. Dodgers were hitting more borderline got more of the borderline strikes, but it yeah. was still a consistent zone, at least according to um, uh, ump score sheets. Yeah. Uh, but that set, and then the Dodgers fans can counter about how bad the zone was for the Dodgers in game one. And, you know, yeah. like, I think the biggest bummer is that whether it's on the internet or talk shows afterwards, it's all up, like so much was about the check swing versus this incredible eight innings plus, you know, Eight and a half innings yeah. plus two outs. Like, can we just, yeah. like, let's talk about that and the fact that it get dwarfed uh, comparatively is, is a bummer. And also, um, like, just to point out, so the the pitch in question was on an 0-2 pitch, right? So even if the if the call goes Flores' way, it's 1-2. This season, after a 1-2 count, uh, Flores hit 210, 270, 419. That's, that's a good amount of power for that count. In his career, uh, his OPS is uh, 588 uh, in that, those situations. Before Game 5, Wilmer Flores against Max Scherzer, 0 for 17 with 8 strikeouts and a walk. He's now 0 for 18 with 9 strikeouts. But the point is, like, even if he gets that call, the Dodgers are still probably winning. I believe there was a runner on first because um, Justin Turner made an error in the inning. Uh, but it's still an overwhelmingly... Um, uh, like just percentage that the Dodgers are going to win that game. So I, it, it's not like a direct line between that call. It was a bad call and a, a super bummer that it ended that way. But like, man, like Grant Brisby, I think yeah, summed yeah. it up really well uh, in general. I haven't read his article yet um, after the game, but apparently it's very good. But he had a tweet that was something like, look, the Giants are almost certainly going to lose there, but I would like a peek at what happened if the call was called correctly. Sure. Exactly right. Because, yeah, you, you know, exactly think right. of, you know, think of the Kurt Gibson home run. Like 
imagine if you know there had been a bad call for strike three before he had hit the home run. You're like, he has no, he's yeah. got, he's he's hurt. This isn't going to be a home run. So that's where a lot of the big stories come from. Is he was over seventeen against Scherzer? Well, what if it was one for eighteen after this? And so I totally understand the the sort of pathos. Yeah. And the, the emotions that Giant fans are feeling, I understand why it's an attractive thing to talk about. Well, again, whether it's online or if you're someone that just uh, needs to talk on a talk show afterwards. but And that's why it's such a huge moment because it was such a great game and such a great series. So, and, and like, I think if you look at it, like, take the sort of broader view of the series, I think the main reason, there are a lot of reasons why, there's always a lot of reasons why teams win and lose. But the main reason, I think, why the Dodgers won was oh my god they're pitching it was yeah <laughs> just so good like so we you know all the machinations in uh in game five it, they ended up in the getting the final seven innings out of uh Urias Trinan Jansen and Scherzer and then if you throw in Bueller in that mix those five pitchers I I would I think it's not like a secret that those are the Dodgers five best pitchers um they pitched 33 of the 44 innings in the series, which is like the absolute ideal mm-hmm. of what you want. Um, the Dodgers almost had that work in in the 2015 NLDS against the Mets, where they had um, like I think Kershaw, Granke, and Jansen pitched like a ridiculous percentage of the innings, but they still managed to lose in five. It's it, it's tough if you don't have people to back them up, but yeah. like, you know, it, but to get that amount and of that, And that's what's so guys, interesting is that, and yeah. th- I think that was actually a wrinkle that I found interesting from yesterday's game. First, like you, I was curious that they would uh, cut Urias, Urias off before his spot came up, get, didn't give him another yes. inning, wouldn't double switch trying in, um, per, seemingly were ready to go for with Jansen for two if his spot hadn't come up um, in the lineup um, because of how much confidence I have behind the, the next tier. Like, Joe Kelly's looked pretty dang good. Yeah. Uh, Bickford and Vesey have looked pretty good. Yes, not as good as that uh, the tier above them. Uh, but, like... Even Knable. Like, yeah. He, like he, I know he gave up a couple rockets, but, like, gee, he's been, like, generally very good. Like, I was telling... Um, uh, Chris Willis, who runs the Talking Chop site, the Brave site for SB Nation, um, I I think I thought 2017 was like the best playoff bullpen the Dodgers ever had, especially when they like threw Kenta Maeda in there for the mm-hmm. postseason. Like that was as well set up of a bull, bullpen as they've ever had, or like in this run. But like this year, it, it might be there, right? Like it might be at least close to that, if not better. Obviously, we'll see how it plays out, but. Yeah, you, you. It's weird. It's just like weird feeling confident in in like an, in a bullpen, like in the playoffs, just because it's that's what you always worry about. But I think they they've been doing really well. So, uh, just in total, the pitching staff, starters, bullpen, everyone, they only allowed ten runs in five games. Um, the Giants, as a team, hit one eighty two, two eleven, three oh two, a two eleven on base, uh, forty nine strikeouts, six walks. So it was like dominance by the Dodgers pitching as a whole that's that's basically why they won um another reason why they won is because Cody Bellinger uh like got his hits at exactly the right time uh especially uh in the in ninth ninth inning of game five um uh Camilo Duvall threw him uh six straight uh sliders uh wait is that right uh I forgot the exact number. He just he threw a bunch of sliders. Um, 
Whereas, you know, Bellinger's had trouble catching up with heat, especially in the zone. But I think also Duvall was having trouble controlling it. Uh, Duvall looked really good in the game three win. He, he got the last six outs. But um, with two guys on in the ninth in a 1-1 game, Bellinger hit the go-ahead single. Um, he, he, uh, he has three uh, go-ahead RBI in the postseason in the ninth inning or later. Um, I did not remember this one, but in, in 2017 World Series Game 4, he had the the um, an RBI double in the ninth to um, break a 1-1 tie. I remember that game being close. I guess I didn't remember that it was Bellinger who uh, was the one who, who got Easy the Easy to forget to Game 4, given what happened in Game well, 4. Well, <laughs> right, exactly. It's one, of the, it's one of those where you're like, okay, I get it. But then, um, yeah, like that. There's a lot of stuff that like falls under. The, it's like the Puig home run in, in in Game Four of the 2018 World Series. Like that should have been like an iconic moment forever. And it's like, nope, they just lost the next day, so no big deal. Um, but yeah, 2018 NLCS Game Four, he had a walk off single in the 13th against the Brewers, and then um, last night. But then that also um, doesn't even include. Oh, oh yeah, he hit a pennant-winning home run, and it was only in the seventh inning last year of Game Seven. So, the guy uh, just keeps coming up big. Um, sort of my one of my favorite stats here was, you know, Bellinger's regular season was awful. He he knows it. Everyone knows it. Um, but against the Giants specifically, he was two for forty-eight <laughs> during the season. Like, that's it's it's hard to do. Um, there was a thing, uh, anyways, he was 4 for 15 in the NLDS, so like, and he had a good wild card game too, so he's been, like, productive, like, you know, that's all, uh, kind of all you can ask at this point, because the worry was, you you basically have like a zero in the lineup uh, when he's playing, mm-hmm. uh, obviously his, um, you know, defense and center is a big deal, he's played a lot of first though too, so it's like, he has to hit to like, you know, sort of justify that decision, and he, and he has so far, so that's that's been good. Uh, I will say this, uh, speaking of weird stats, this is totally off topic, but um, did you watch the, um, I, I forgot what it's called now, uh, the documentary that was the, I think it was a 30 for 30 production uh, on the Mets uh, that was like uh, like a month ago or so, or maybe two months ago. I did not uh, see it. Was it. Like a, it was like four, a four-part documentary on ESPN. It was very well done, but there was one stretch where, they played like a clip of Daryl Strawberry struggling midseason. And like the announcer for the Mets said something like, he's over whatever at home this month. And I was like, what? And so I, I looked his, up his game logs, and I think he was something like, he had an 0 for 45 stretch at in home games. And like the fans were just mercilessly on him. It was like almost like over a month. It was crazy. Like I've never seen something like that. Uh, it, like he hit, he'd have some hits on the road. Then they'd come back home, and he's like 0 for 20 on the home season or something. <laughs> it was just like the weirdest thing. But that that was basically Bellinger against San Francisco this year, 2 for 48. Um, the other, uh, perhaps more expected uh, producer in the series was Mookie Betts. Uh, turns out he's pretty good. Um, <laughs> you know, sort of the the forgotten man. It, it's not He's not a forgotten man. It's just like, it's just funny. Sometimes you forget how deep, like, the Dodgers are because, like, Trey Turner and Corey Seager were, like, carrying the offense for a good portion of september and and then it's like oh yeah they also have mookie Betts, who's like one of the best like all-around players we've ever seen uh so he had four hits in game five uh he stole a base in the sixth uh, off logan webb he scored on a Corey seager double now another sort of fun stat of the series um 
Okay, no, not yet. I'll, I'll get to it in a second because it's not, it's not exactly that play. That was the only run scored off Webb in the entire series, 14 and two-thirds innings. He went seven innings in game five. He was awesome. Like, it was a really sort of a breakout series for him. He had a really good year. He only allowed nine hits in his two starts in the NLDS. Mookie Betts had five of them. Um, <laughs> he, he was nine for 20 in the series, Betts was. And he had key plays. I wrote about that this morning. Uh, we're recording this on Friday. Um, in just about every game, um, there were, like, uh, win probability added. Uh, baseball reference for on the, in their box scores, they sort of put the top five plays um, by win probability added in the box score. And in the each of the last four games, Betts had a play that was in the top three, one way or the other. Now, one of those was his line drive that was almost a game-tying single in game, <laughs> in game three, but Brandon Crawford made a leaping catch. But the point is, like, he's sort of in the middle of everything, like, for the whole series. And um, even um, the one play that didn't make it was that I included in the thing was also um, – in game two, that throw to get Wilmer Flores at third base from right mm-hmm. field uh, kind of squashed a rally. I mean, it was 6-2 at the time, but the Giants could have had runners at the corners uh, still with two outs uh, in, a, in a rally. So, yeah, just, uh, just an all-around great series. Uh, Dave Roberts last night, his quote was, this is when the stars are stars, and he's a superstar. So, yeah, like uh, – so, yeah, uh, the, the weird thing about the playoffs, like, we talk about the immediacy. Either, like, the Giants today are dealing with, like, look, they had, like, their greatest seed, their most wins ever. Great series, intense series, and then all of a sudden their season's over. With the Dodgers, it's like, obviously, they, they prefer to be in this position. Their series, their season isn't over, but, oh, my God, they have a game tomorrow. Yeah. Like, how do you, like, follow that, right? Like, now what? How do you follow it by having a rematch with the Braves. So uh, just just who they played in 2020, obviously it's a little different. They're uh, playing in home stadiums this year, not all in the same stadium. And thank God there are off days in this series yeah. rather than seven games in seven days. That, that was intense. Uh, but yeah, Braves have home field advantage because baseball rules, uh, wildcard team can't have home field until the World Series. Um, so... The Braves won 88 games. The Dodgers won 106. Obviously, there's a little bit of a disparity. However, uh, I would you could argue that the Braves are. I think preseason, I I thought they were the favorites in the East, although it was sort of a bunched up division. Sure, they had a bunch of injuries and other things like Mike Soroka pitching side. Obviously, Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, uh, Jorge Soler uh, is on. The, the both teams have a player on administrative leave for the domestic violence policy. Um, not Jorge Soler, uh, Marcelo Zuna. Apologies, geez. Um, yeah, Marcelo Zuna for the Braves. Obviously, the Dodgers have Trevor Bauer. Uh, it's it's terrible, but like also, um, it's just you know it's a thing that the team they've just been away from the team for a while, so it's not what they had planned. But like, um, yeah, like. The Braves basically had to like remake their whole outfield. They they traded for four guys. Um, one uh, near and dear to our hearts, obviously Jock Peterson. Um, he uh, hit two home runs in the NLDS, both as a pinch hitter. Um, they were sort of the, he they weren't starting him for a little bit, uh, and then but he's he's been you know generally productive. Um, Jorge Soler, uh, who apologies, didn't, did, is not on the administrative leave. He's been really good. He is actually though on the, uh, or was on the 
the COVID uh, injured list uh, in game four of the NLDS and his sort of availability for the NLCS is like in question now because of that. We'll see. But then they also got Adam Duvall and then Eddie Rosario. And those guys have all in their own way have been productive in some way or another. Um, I was looking at this, the Braves after play on August 1st, they were, they were down by five games. They were in third place in the NL East since then 36 and 18. That's the third best record, not just in the national league, but in, in majors and uh, the Dodgers and giants, of course, are ahead of them. The Dodgers in that span 42 and 13. Mm -hmm. It's like, you see these records, it's just like, good Lord. Like, uh, uh, but the Braves pitching also has been excellent. Um, 342 ERA in the last two months. Uh, that's third in MLB, again, behind the Dodgers and Giants. The Dodgers are 264. So it seems like everywhere you turn, the Dodgers are still better. But, like, the Braves are, I think, still a very good team. They have home field advantage. It's going to be probably maybe a tougher series than people think. But the pitch on the pitching side, the, the Braves only allowed six runs in four games against the Brewers. The Dodgers only allowed ten and five games against the Giants. So that'll be sort of... I think the, how it plays out, how the how each team does against the other side's pitching. Now, Max Freed is locked in for game one for the Braves. Then they have a choice. Um, I guess if they stay, they could stay in order and say Charlie Morton in game two and then Ian Anderson. Now, Charlie Morton started game one for them in the NLDS, and then he went on short rest in game four just like Walker Bueller did. Uh, they might want to give him an extra day, which would push Morton to game three, uh, and then Anderson in game two. But either way, it's going to be those three guys in the first three games. Now, Max Scherzer um, pitching. Closer extraordinaire. On, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, one of four. I should have asked you this trivia question. I tweeted it all last night, but um, one of four Dodger starters to get a save in a closeout, uh, to close out a series. Uh, in history, um, obviously, Julio Urias was one uh, in the World Series last year. Clayton Kershaw in the 2016 NLDS and Bob Wilch in the 81 mm -hmm. NLCS. Um, but yeah, so there was a sort of a cost for that. Now, he did not throw his bullpen in between starts. That was essentially his bullpen, obviously a much more intense. And if you add in the postgame intensity, way more intense <laughs> than in any any human should ever experience. But um so he's still like tentatively in line for game one. Uh, he he's he'd be on quote unquote regular rest, but obviously with the appearance in between, complicates things. So I think um, you could see maybe just a shorter leash in game one, which again br brings up the always comedic opportunity for Dave Roberts at some point to tell Max Scherzer he's no longer pitching in this game, <laughs> and, and so that that's great theater in its own right. But sort of the way it sort of works out, I think it, it almost kind of has to work out for the Dodgers. Yeah, things get really Scherzer screwed up. Game one. <laughs> yeah, because um, then you have Walker Bueller regular rest game two, and then Julio Urias in game three. If if you if you can't have Scherzer in game one, obviously, obviously if he can't, if they don't feel he's ready, they're not going to pitch him. But if you can, it really throws a wrench into things because then, you, like obviously Tony Gonsolin, who didn't pitch in the NLDS. Figures to play a more prominent role, even even if it's in a uh, sort of abbreviated appearance slash yeah. bullpen game. But you would, I think, the Dodgers would prefer that to be in Game Four rather than Game One. <laughs> so um, because it becomes very hard yeah. to pitch your three very good starters 
three times in a seven game series is is the main reason. Yeah, you, you yeah. someone has to go in short rest or yeah, we, things get weird. So I, I think you're right. I yeah. think Scherzer, even if it's on a shorter leash, is uh has to be plan yeah, A, B, and C. <laughs> even if even if he's like a four inning guy, right? Yeah. Like like if it's even if it's something like that, but I who I don't think it'll necessarily come to that. But that as of like Thursday night, we're recording this Friday morning or Friday afternoon. Um, Max Scherzer was the, the, you know, is still the plan to start on Saturday. We'll see how it goes. Now, uh, with the Dodgers Braves matchup, I had a similar question for you heading into Dodgers Giants. I will do the same for Dodgers Braves. Um, Jock Peterson, he's 22nd all time uh, in Major League history with 68 postseason games played. He, that's second in, he's second in Dodgers history with 64 of those 68 mm-hmm. coming with LA. He has the most postseason games played by someone who's played in the playoffs for both the Dodgers and Braves uh, in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Um, who's number two? I will ponder that and answer it after this. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Who has the most playoff appearances by a player who ha- has a playoff appearance for both the Dodgers and Braves? Say that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I, you probably said it better than I did. Yeah. Uh, your, yours was more dramatic. I'll take it. Uh, I struggled on this one more than I did on the Giants one. I had a nice list for the the Giants series, having mm-hmm. uh, probably just because I'm more familiar with who played for the Giants than who's played for the Braves. Uh, but I have a guess written down, which is uh, Rafael Furcal. See, always trust your instincts, man. <laughs> you, you nailed it. <laughs> uh, so he played 59 ga- total postseason games. Uh, I didn't look how many were with uh, – a few of those were with the Cardinals at yeah. the very end. But most of those were with the Braves and then uh, came on with the Dodgers. Uh, second place, uh, who I was surprised that he played this many postseason games, J.D. Drew. Uh, um, I'll show you. Well, my list is, uh, is uh, for call one uh, and J.D. Drew question mark. <laughs> nice. <laughs> You can put an exclamation point there Ooh. because you, got, you, you nailed it. Um, let's see. Okay. So, yeah, that's uh, what we have. Now, I do, uh, in the spirit of brevity, uh, I only wanted to mention this because it's, it's, it's like sort of relevant given the playoffs. But So, we have a short Dodgers rewind for you. Um, today, I almost made the – I wanted to make the trivia question almost Danny Heap related, but – then I thought, there's no way in hell you're ever going to guess Danny Heap, no matter the question. Even if I said, like, how many Dodgers 
with the first name Danny and the last initial H can you name, it might have taken a while for you to get to Danny Heat. <laughs> so in, in, in that regard, uh, I will say the final four is set. Uh, it's Dodgers, Braves, and then Red Sox, Astros in the American <laughs> League. We'll, we'll talk about that later maybe. Um, but um, only two players in Major League history have played for those four teams. Um, one is Julio Lugo. Uh, would, uh, who also, uh, man, back when the Dodgers had, remember when it was, wait, did they have for call Lugo and Oscar Robles at the same time? I seem to remember those three being in the top three of the batting order <laughs> and just, well, just laughing at, at certain times. But yeah, anyway, uh, but he's not our Dodger rewind. Danny Heap is. Um, I remember Heap fondly because he was one of the, the quote, the stuntmen that was the the pet name they used for the bench players on the 1988 Dodgers. And anything 1988 Dodgers related is unassailable in my eyes. So that said, in two years with the Dodgers, Danny Heap was pretty bad. Um, 211, 297, 235 slugging. That's hard to do. That's a 52 OPS plus. Uh, that year, uh, before I get into his playoff exploits, uh, I was going to look up one other thing for him because I forgot. I think... I think he pitched in a game, and this is riveting, sort of me figuring out live if he did. Um, he uh, he did. He pitched in a game in 1988, two innings. He allowed two runs. Uh, uh, man, so yeah, it doesn't. He doesn't qualify for the Russell Martin Justin Turner immortality of a zero ERA. He has a nine ERA. Um, but yeah, he pitched a game in 1988 with the Dodgers. Um, in the playoffs uh, that year, he was used twice as a pinch hitter in the NLCS against the Mets. One of those times he was burned, so he got pinch hit for it immediately. He also walked in his other pinch hit appearance. Um, he was mostly pinch hit in the World Series, but he was two for eight in the series. He had a double as a pinch hitter in game three. He started at DH in game four. He was one for four uh, in the game. Uh, that was, if you remember, that was, uh, Mike Sosha was hurt. I believe Mike Marshall didn't start either in that game. I think he was nursing something. Uh, and so that was the game where Bob Costas before the game said, I forget the exact quote, but he, I think he said, this is the worst starting lineup in world series history. And of course that got to Tommy Lasorda before the game. So he's like trying to fire everyone up in the clubhouse. And he, I think he had everyone saying, kill Costas, kill Costas. So. That was pretty funny. That's what I remember about Danny Heap. Uh, but yeah, Danny Heap, Dodgers World Series legend. Uh, so that's how I remember him. Well, a legend around these parts. It's time for... Questions from Craig. Five questions from our friend Craig Manami. You ready? Yep. Starting off with trivia. The Dodgers will be playing in their 15th National League Championship Series. Good Lord. Here's some questions about the Dodgers in those series. Can Eric name the previous winners of the NLCS Most Valuable Player? All right. Um, so we got uh, Oral Hershiser, 88. Yep. Um, Justin Turner and Chris Taylor, 2017. Yep. Cody Bellinger, 2018. Yep. Oh man, um, I don't remember who they did last year. Um, wait, 
Was it also Cody Bellinger last year? It was not. Okay. Um, Mookie Betts? No, this is interesting. I uh, I think you're just blanking I, on because it was a oh, very obvious winner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Corey. Here you go. Yeah, he I was like, really? I, sorry. <laughs> so then there, I believe. Um, I think if you need years on when no, this no, started I, I think, giving out, I I think the award started in 1977. I seem okay. to remember that. So, and the Dodgers were in the World Series in 77 and 78. So I believe the first one was Dusty Baker. You're correct. Now, that means I have to figure out 78. Uh, so I, I don't remember offhand, but a general rule of thumb is when the lights are brightest, Steve Garvey knew where the camera was. So I will say Steve Garvey. You are correct. Nice. So you're missing Am a I year. Mi- it, oh, 81. Yep. Um, hmm. Let's see. So he didn't. Mm-hmm. Was it Garvey again? It was not. Uh, did they go Rick Monday because of the home run? They did not. I'll let you know it is a pitcher. All right. Um, oh, okay. Um, one, two. Uh, oh, shoot. Uh, let's go Burt Hooten. There you go. Nice. Good job, man. I know because he won like a billion games that that, that season, so... <laughs> Six Dodger pitchers have 20 or more strikeouts in their uh, Dodger NLCS career. Who are these pitchers? Uh, say Kershaw. Yep, number one um, with 53. Uh, 77. So Don Sutton was gone by 80, but he pitched in two. Did he pitch more? Did he pitch more than three games? Um, oh, man. Uh, I'll go Don Sutton. Uh, incorrect. Uh, all right. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I was gonna say like Tommy John, but also he. I, I think he was gone after '77, so no. Um, what about uh, oh, what about Bob Welch? Nope. You're a liar. Um, <laughs> let's let's go with um, Oral Hershiser. Uh, twenty on the dot, number six. Mm-hmm. So we have four left. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Ahead. So uh, Fernando. Uh, for uh, Fernando with twenty eight, number three. The three left are all active major league baseball players. Hmm. Um, Kenley. Uh, number two with thirty one. Um. Oh God. Okay. Uh. uh let's see. Seventeen. Eighteen. Twenty. Hmm. I don't. Hmm. Well, they were also in the sixteen NLCS. Uh, let's so let's go. Ryu. Nope. Maeda. Nope. Damn it. Um. This is. Uh. What about uh? What about uh, Rich Hill? Number five. Twenty-one five. strikeouts. Am I missing one? You are missing number four, with, uh, tied with Fernando with 28 strikeouts. Okay. Um. Active <laughs> Dodger. Oh, active. Okay. Um. Oh, active Dodger. Mm-hmm. I'm... Oh, furious. Nope. 
No. Walker Bueller, number number four oh, yeah. of 28. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know why I didn't get that. Five Dodgers have collected eight or more extra base hits in their N- NLCS play. Please name them. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> eight. So I'm going to go. I, I, I should have saved this for later, but I, I'm going to go back to Garvey. Number one with 10. Yeah. So, um, and then, um, hmm. So the thing with Bellinger, I'll go with Justin Turner first. Uh, one of the uh, tied for six through nine, tied for six with seven. Oh, come on. Okay. Uh, so the thing with Bellinger was. So he, yeah, believe, he only wanted the top five. I apologize. So it, Justin yeah. Turner is incorrect. Yeah. The thing with Bellinger is, I, I believe in that eighteen when he won. MVP. He only had like a like he had a small amount of hits, but they were all like sort of big hits. So I don't remember him as an extra base guy. But if you go to people like 16, 17, 18, 20. So let's go back to the well with um, with Corey Seager. Uh, Corey Seager again in the Justin Turner zone. Just missed. What, what is this crap? Um, Remember, Corey uh, Seager was okay. not very good in the playoffs until last year. Yeah, so, yeah but mostly there's last also year. like a volume thing going. Sure. Um, uh, uh, let's see. Um, I'm just, I'm just mad. Um, On this list, there are uh, two former Dodgers, no longer active baseball players, and two active Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's go with Chris Taylor. Chris Taylor with eight. Uh, Jock? Uh, no. All right. Um, you have two retired baseball players and one active Dodger yeah. left. Oh, okay. I, I yep. so for some reason I thought I was missing more. Um. Uh, okay. So, hmm. what about no? It wasn't enough. Uh, 77, 78. What do we got there? Um, God, that would have been. Well, let's just go Dusty Baker. Uh, with eight. All right. Um, and then the other active Dodger. Active Dodger. Um I don't. I don't like this at all. You were um, muttering about him earlier. I don't even. I don't remember. What Cody Bellinger with eight. Ah, all right. And then right. so you have one former Dodger. Uh, I, I'm going to tap out on this one. Ron Say with nine. Nice. Okay. Dave Roberts could tie Tommy Lasorda with his fourth NLCS winning team. Can Eric name the other managers whose team have won four or more National League championship series? Oh wow, National League. Um, so Bruce Bochy, uh, four, three with the Giants, one with the Padres. Hmm. Uh, Bobby Cox, five, all with the Braves. Uh, um. Oof. So I don't. I think Whitey Herzog only won three. Um. Wait, how many? How many is this? You um four. 
This player has this manager. Excuse me, has four. Bobby Cox is the only with five. Oh, but like I'm, you, know, I'm you only, only have one left. One you only have one left. I see. Um, okay. Uh, let me think here. Someone who this is bad. Um, Seventy-seven. Oh, uh, Sparky Anderson. There you go. All of the Reds. Nice. For the contest, which Turner, Trey, or Justin gets on base more via hit, walk, or hit by pitch in the NLCS against Atlanta? If you choose the same Turner for the tiebreaker, name the Dodger who hits the team's first home run. You must choose a different player. I will tell you right now, we're not going to choose the same Turner. I'll let you go first, and I'll, I'll even take the other one. All right. I I think uh, return, well, I guess in both cases, it's going to have to be return to form, but I think Trey Turner. Okay, so uh, I didn't. I, I forgot to note on here. Justin Turner did have a key hit by pitch in the ninth <laughs> inning. Uh, I didn't notice here, but he was one for twenty in the series with a walk and that hit by pitch. So he only reached three times. Uh, Trey Turner only reached three times. Um, he was three for twenty-two. Uh, he had two doubles. Uh, so yeah, so you're you're taking you're taking Trey. I am, um, and I'm taking Justin. I think we should branch out the tiebreaker and make it its own thing sure i'm in like so a new thing so um uh let's see the who hits the team's first home run okay uh so you went first on that one so i will go first here and i will just um i will say Corey seager gets into the eight club (laughs) by uh with, with the home run Right away. He'll be the first. Um, I will go. Gavin Lux. Nice. Yeah, he. Uh, we didn't talk about him. He, he sort of played his way uh, into, the, into some playing time. Started the last two games in center. Uh, A.J. Pollock has been sort of, I don't, I don't want to say banished to the bench because these things are fluid and yep. they change, but... That's kind of where we're at right now. He, he played his. You know, I had a question about that. Do you think the uh, NLCS roster differs at all? Uh, yeah, I think because of the the three in a row, um, I think they go to thirteen pitchers. I think, uh, and, and it probably means like adding Justin Brule, which like they didn't even use Gonsolin or Price in the series. So mm-hmm. you could see a scenario where. You know they don't necessarily have to use that many pitchers, but like I just think they like the comfort of having that extra pitcher just in case, especially when they're gonna probably have to do like a bullpen game or a short Gonsolin start in Game Four. Um, but that you're losing at that point either Billy McKinney or Steven Souza, so like you're not giving up a ton yeah. on the on offense. So like I think that's pretty much gonna be the only roster change. Okay. And uh, the Muncie oh, talks oh, all I would, gamesmanship, yeah. I would assume. I, I was going to say, yeah, I forgot to mention that, yeah. So I guess both Dave Roberts yesterday and Andrew Friedman after the game said, like, uh, you know, Muncie we'll is like where he's doing at, yeah. baseball stuff. <laughs> yeah. But like, I saw they, someone, like the, the team like picture where everyone like gathered for the team photo and stuff. 
after the series, like he's still like holding his arm like someone who shouldn't move that arm. <laughs> like and and plus like Andrew Friedman after I guess Bill Plunkett asked him like has is does that baseball stuff include him swinging a bat? <laughs> and I think Friedman joked with Plunkett he, he tweeted um that he accused him of being a Braves operative, <laughs> which I think was funny. But like yeah, it's hard to imagine like I, I think the only way like Muncie I, I, I can't imagine him being so healthy now where they add him to the roster just for the hope that they play him right. later in the series, right? I mean, they could. I mean, but, like, that's that's a rough ask. Um, I'm excited for it. And look who's coming up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, what? yeah, what you could do, but everyone's going to, like, raise a stink over this, is, like, you know, you have Steven Sousa yeah. Jr. on the bench and then be like, Oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is really bad. Steven Souza has rickets all yeah. of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. He has consumption. And uh, he has to uh, miss. So, like, that that I don't think will fly. So, they would have to, like, use a roster spot. I just I can't see that happening just yet. It would be a bit dramatic to say a cloud was hanging over the Dodgers this year. But I don't think any plane ride will be more of a mixture of relief and happiness as the one the Dodgers are on today heading to Atlanta. What about for you two, especially the last two months of matching wins with the Giants? How do you feel about the Dodgers finally surpassing the Giants and perhaps in one sense being the better team in 2021? It was exhausting, man. Like, just, It's been a while since really we've was. like, I mean, I guess in 2018, um, we, we, we yeah. cared about the regular season. But I think the difference there was that, especially in the beginning of the year, we had, you had kind of like, given up to the fact that Dodgers might not, not make the playoffs versus this year where it's like they're going to make the playoffs. They're an extremely good team. How are they just not catching up to this uh, this mystery team of the, of the Giants? I, I think, yeah, from a covering standpoint, like, it, well, wait, wait, it was an awesome race, right? Like, that that was great. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, it really was exhausting just, like, to go through all that, like, uh, especially that series. But I think it was annoying more than anything the last like two months where the Dodgers are like clearly playing excellent baseball. And I like, I don't want to say it was the bulk of reaction because it wasn't, but there, it was loud enough to where it was just incessantly annoying that people were being like, what's wrong with the Dodgers, man? Like they literally, they literally went 42 and 12 in the last third of the season like that's an upper limit type of a thing, right? Obviously, they had the forty-three and seven stretch few years back. They were forty-three. That just because they did it then doesn't mean it's like possible to keep doing that. Like it's really hard to play as well as they played, and you just have to tip your cap to how the Giants played as well. Like, um, so it was just it was more. I think that part was grading uh, on some level for the team. Maybe they were annoyed because they got asked about a lot during the last, especially the last, like, two, three weeks of the season. Um, but I think they were generally fine with it. Like, players are, they're kind of amazing at where, how they compartmentalize stuff, and they, they just focus on what they have to do. Um, so I don't think the, the team necessarily, maybe, there's certainly relief. I, uh, I would say if it was me, I'd be worried about, like, a letdown. Um you know, going into Atlanta because, like, man, they, like, Dave Roberts, I think, said last night, we, we, we used everything we had, man, to, to beat them. Um, now, I, but the thing is, 
they're they're too good for that and they like they, they that's not their their thing right like it, it could be a letdown but more like it's just more it might just be mental fatigue more than anything uh to where it maybe they're a little sluggish to start the Atlanta series but uh, yeah I, I don't I, I don't uh, I'm not that worried about where the team is at from my personal standpoint yeah that that was an exhausting series to cover and it's always jarring whether they had lost or won. It's either like, oh my god, the season's over and you have to immediately move on, or, wow, there's a game tomorrow. <laughs> like, you know, like we're sitting here, like, sort of um, exhaling after that long series, and then it's like, well, now time to go into Braves mode. Like, you know, you just it just doesn't it just doesn't stop. According to the Den of Geek, the best story. Uh, I'm interrupting these questions from Craig with a statement from Eric. Uh, I forgot to uh, bring up uh, earlier my my, this, my pet stat that I was going to bring up. So I mentioned the Mookie Betts um, steal, and then he scored on the Seager double. That gave the Dodgers a one nothing lead. In the bottom of the inning, Darren Ruff hit a home run uh, to tie the game at one. Um, that was the, the only time... All series. That was the forty-second inning of the series uh, that a, the team relinquished a lead. <laughs> like <laughs> as great as that series was, it was definitely not back and forth. It was back and forth in games, uh, but it was not back and forth within each game. It was like it was crazy how that sort of happened that mm-hmm. way. Like the team that scored first, they won. Like so, like <laughs> uh, that was a wild uh, stat in that series. But anyway, carry on. I apologize. According to Den of Geek, the best story segment of the traditional Simpsons Halloween episodes, Trios of Horrors, is the parody of Nightmare on Elm Street on the sixth Halloween episode. My favorite is the parody of The Shining. Jacob, with the archive available on Disney+, Plus, perhaps you can re- recommend a few of your favorite Treehouse of Horror episodes for us now. Um, as many... Simpsons fans, I sort of stopped watching around 10, so we'll uh, sure. concentrate there. Uh, Craig's favorite is from uh, Treehouse of Horror 5 in Season 6, I think. Uh, and it's my favorite of the Treehouse of Horrors. You have The Shining, you have um, Homer going back in time with a toaster, and uh, you have the <laughs> Cannibalistic School. I forget the titles of the segments off the top of my head. Um, all of which are just uh, wonderful. So Trails of Horror 5 in Season 6 is my favorite. I'm reading this Den of Geek list, and I forgot that um, Clown Without Pity, which is uh, features Frogert uh, and uh, a cursed Krusty doll, is in the same episode as Dale Z for Zombies, um, which shows Homer shooting zombie Ned Flanders. Uh, are, so that he's a zombie. <laughs> yeah, I forget what the other one. It's on. It's on this list. I think I forget what the other bit is. Uh, but that that's got to be very high up there as well. What, what so about you? The, so the immediate thing I thought of with this, and I, I, I'm I'm mad that I didn't think of the he was a zombie because that's that is a all time <laughs> great line. I love it so much. But the the first thing I thought of, and I was I was thankful that I remembered correctly that it was Treehouse of Horror. It was in Treehouse of Horror ten. Uh, when Lucy Lawless guest starred and uh, at the end of the bit uh, I can't remember if she's holding Bart or Lisa and she just flies away and and Bart goes Xena can't fly she goes I told you I'm not Xena I'm Lucy Lawless 
And that line is just a dumb line, and it makes me laugh every single time, and I love it. Uh, yeah, those are those are always great. And Keen Homer is the other bit in Dress Horror 3, which is eh, in my opinion, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, last question. As I have mentioned before, beloved Westwood icon Stan's Donuts is no more. Oh, oh no. But I'm going to have donuts for lunch. <laughs> but another West L.A. donut store, Primo's, has taken over the location. One of oh. their best donuts is an apple fritter. Oh. That leads to this week's questions. What's your take on the traditional fruit danish or a donut cooked with fruit in the dough as opposed to a filled donut? Oh. So I am a huge apple fritter fan. Yeah. Um, that's That might be the only um, like cooked in fruit thing i like i love also i also love like the fruit danishes too like but I, th- those are uh, you know I, I i maybe treat those i put those in a different bucket for me um like i'm more likely to get an apple fritter as i'm getting donuts whereas i you could get like i'm i probably will get like a fruit danish either at a convenience store or the grocery store like i think more likely that said Fruit filled, I'm if I do a filled donut, it's usually cream filled. Um, but I'm not opposed. I, there's a lot of there's a lot of good donuts. Purple filled donuts are delicious. Maple's delicious. Which one? Which one? Purple. Purple is the fruit. Going back to purple. Simpsons. Simpsons ah, gag. Uh, I got you. Got uh, you got I'll you, send you, you the clip. Uh, yeah. No, I all of these things I love, but um, the apple fritter at Blue Star Donuts in Portland is definitely one of the best mm. sweet things I've ever had. Um, and now. Uh, I was texting with Eric and Craig and mentioned that I am going to start a new tradition this year, which is <laughs> the last right. Dodgers game of the year, whether it's eventually losing in the playoffs or the, a World Series clinching victory. I'm going to go get a hot dog in the name of baseball and a donut in the name of the best thing to eat here in Lawrence at late at night but, that's still open as a donut shop. But, but the key here yeah. for you is that you do it before the game, so it's no, no, no. A this is after. Fe- this is a celebratory. Oh, oh, okay. So I, I thought <laughs> you're like committing to this long. No. Like for instance, in my head, obviously you didn't say this at the wild card game, yeah. so that was the thing. But in like it had you in my head, you would have already had three of these situations <laughs> because they could have been eliminated in game no. four. They could have been eliminated. I care game about five. my so, health, so only wow, only one. That, see that? That's where my head was at immediately. I was like. <laughs> Wow, that is a no. The whole idea like, being yeah. is even if they lose, I have something to look forward yeah. to or a, a way to celebrate. Ah. So uh, the Dodgers are six and zero in their last um, six elimination elimination games. Uh, so and that actually covers a remarkably small amount of time because obviously they didn't they didn't have a chance to get eliminated in the World Series. But it's the last three games of the NLCS. Then they only had six games in the World Series, so that's nine. You had the wild card game makes 10, and then the NLDS is 15. So six of their last 15 playoff games were games in, in which they could have been eliminated, and they uh, they won all six. So they're still alive, uh, like Eddie Vedder once said. So uh, I don't know about you. I'm going to go get some lunch, and I will make my way uh, a little bit out of the way to go get an apple fritter and probably some other donuts. So <laughs> thanks again, Craig, for... Uh, contributing to bad food decisions or great food decisions uh, as it might be. But yeah, uh, looking forward to the NLCS. Hope you all enjoy it. We will be back with you uh, next week. Thanks for listening, everybody.